This week in league, the fat touchy is disciplined because his ego is a touch fat. Move over Dorgerson as the Dragons look to unleash the next NRL bromance sensation, Cardigan. Don't blink as the rugby league equivalent of Halley's Comet returns this week as Cat's Hair clocks on for his five minutes of footy for 2013. And we'll preview round six of the 2013 NRL season. All that and more this week in league. Welcome to episode 115 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Okay, uh, what are we talk about this week? Um, the challenge remains unclaimed. That is the uh, hash fuck off Tom challenge. Get get a banner or a, you know a placard or a sign or you know something of that nature. And uh, we'll see. Um, you know, no one's no one's claimed it. And just the reason why I brought it up again is because. Uh, Brian uh, at underscore fluffyfish underscore, who of course um, is a manly fan, and sponsored the timepiece last week. Sponsored the timepiece last week, and also um, you know claimed that he didn't think that we'd remember meeting him at the 2011 grand final because we were too blind. No, no, I'm always that stupid. Oh, yeah, Stone we had, sober. Yeah, Stone, Stone really. Cold Sober after about 15 <laughs> bourbons. <laughs> that bus ride, I was in a state of bewilderment. That bus ride and because uh, you were you were spastic drunk, well got, not spastic but you know yeah I was in I was charged yeah and we we're just singing Eagle Rock over and over for an hour and a half yeah. however long it took I was to in get a trance like state <laughs> until such times I had to go and take a piss on someone's back fence yeah which that I took a picture of and posted on Twitter that's right <laughs> then I bought chocolate and had another drink and I was all good oh then you gave me caramel koala koala that was awesome yes good times I'm a good I'm a good friend. I mean, that would have been the top memory of the of the day, except for the fact Manly winning the grand final. <laughs> it was my that that uh, I I think I partook in a uh, Fredo Frog, and that was the highlight of my day. Well, there you go. <laughs> anyway, um, Brian has come. Uh, he's, he sent us a tweet and said, "Tom is on to the this week in league challenge." Now, with his back to the far side of the ground, <laughs> and he's got hash fuck off Tom, so uh, little bastard. Um, and then uh, Ben Skinner tweet us at Ben Skinner on Twitter he tweeted us uh, ideas for the hash fuck off Tom challenge and he he sent us a link to a, to a site called Deadspin which is you know kind of a newsy, newsish sort of site and um, I think they were actually the site that first broke um, the what's his fucking name the Manti Teo story oh, about yeah, the fake yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, were the, they were the site that broke that story um, well they had a, they had an article on there and I'll just read the URL out so you know what this is all about is a uh, Deadspin.com forward slash idiot on the field attacks referee with Vuvuzela. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was you know and so basically someone did a hundred hundred meter dash to clock the referee heard, with Vuvuzela uh, during the coverage on Monday night. Uh, on the boys on Triple M started discussing Vuvuzelas. Yeah, I mean, we're just yeah. seeping in to people's consciousness, exactly. and they don't want to acknowledge us, but. They give out these little signs. They mention a Vuvuzela. They mention Revelation. I'm not saying we invented the words because, you know, quite frankly, they've been around for a lot longer than we have. But we've put our own flavour on the English language and people are starting to just... not being able to control the seepage. Yeah, well, this, this issue is, I mean, we didn't invent the words, but, I mean, we, we certainly introduced them to the rugby league lexicon. Exactly right. 
And so these fucking sharks come swimming along, and fucking biting up our style. I use the word seep because it really is like an effluent. <laughs> <laughs> Making its way into the rugby league media's consciousness. I love yeah. it. Now, you've been busy uh, this week, so we're actually recording this uh, you know, 24 hours later than we normally record. Yes. Uh, you're moving into a new house that you've moved into now. Yes. And so being that you're uh, especially busy today, probably unpacking shit, I don't know if you saw the tweet that we got uh, this morning from our good friend Tad Pike from Sydney. That guy. Uh, yeah, via, via way of, you know, buttfuck Idaho or whatever. Montana, Alabama, or something. Is it? <laughs> okay. Hi, I'm Tad. I'm from Buttfuck, Idaho. So he says. He his... talks like that too, mainly because, as is the custom for people that are raised in Buttfuck, Idaho. <laughs> well, we well speaking. Well, yeah, that, you know, when you when you do when you do the Buttfuck thing, there's uh, there's certain eventualities that won't happen. <laughs> okay, and if you watch Game of Thrones on Monday night, um, Mar- Marjorie Tyrell actually said that yeah, implied that uh, that Renly uh, asked when he was drunk, he asked her to, to do a sex act that uh, sounded extremely painful with no chance of conceiving a child. <laughs> Slash so, yeah. an initiation ceremony from Buttfuck, Idaho, Tad Pike's hometown. And when you buy a bumper sticker, as is the custom in America when you're a tourist, when you buy a bumper sticker in Tad's hometown, you're actually encouraged to buy two and stick them in a cross-like fashion across your ass. Hmm. Okay. To avoid said initiation. That that's a lot more background than I thought that anyone would be able to provide. <laughs> oh, but Wikipedia, he sent us a tweet this morning and said, "Despite a newborn, a new job, and no sleep, I have been listening. Thanks for the show, as fucking always. Fucking you. South's even looking good. A new job that means there's two people on this earth that employed that. No hoper. Yeah, but the thing that the 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 thing that caught my attention was a newborn, and I was like. And I think I replied and said something along the lines of, you fathering a child, inconceivable. And, he's, and he replied and said, conceive it, bitch. It's a girl. Avi is her name. Uh, South take the whole fucking thing the year of her birth. Why not? And I said, well, no, I mean, you know, you, you might be on the right track because, uh, you know, the two years that Simone was pregnant with our children, uh, at the time the grand final was on, that was two premierships for Manly. And so, and he said, oh, so it could happen. I said, no, well, you know, you it would have been last year that South would have won when, you, when your wife was pregnant. <laughs> you know? so, no, so, so no, the, the window's closed now and you're not going to win shit. But um, yeah, we haven't heard from him for a while and there you go. That's why. There's no excuses, huh? And then, then he wanted I mean, to see if we're... He wanted we're to see friends. We're, he wanted to see when we were coming down to Sydney this year as well so so we could buy him drinks. Said the same thing last year. Yeah. Didn't see him. Yeah, Where was he? Exactly. Nowhere to be seen. Where was he when we were down for the UFC? And he said he was going to come visit us and just never hit us up. Because we were... Never apart from, heard from him. Apart from the time in the UFC itself, we are pretty much in the, the bar, the, the, the brewery yeah, or whatever it is at Novotel the entire time. Yeah, exactly. So, if yeah. they didn't close, I would never have left. Exactly. <laughs> and if it wasn't so convenient to go to the hotel room just upstairs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, enough about that guy. Yeah. Okay, so the Game of Thrones meme competition. We have our winners. We'll reveal them at the end of the show. Uh... What else are Twill quotes, Twill underscore quotes. The anonymous person, still anonymous, sent us an email. Uh, we, we kind of, last week's show, we sort of challenged them to reveal themselves or if they didn't want to reveal themselves publicly to, you know, let us in. So they sent us an email anyway just to say, you know, all good. Um, I can't remember exactly what he said, but it's basically, basically like, you know... I'm Batman. I'm Batman. Basically yeah. the, consider uh, me to be Batman. The uh, context you know. of the email. Yeah, consider me to be Batman. Uh, just, you know, paying it forward or whatever. You know, you guys do the show. So, you know, just uh, taking the uh, the laughs that you guys do and uh, putting them out there. Quite frankly, cool. had a bit of a uh, selfish read through at Twill underscore quotes timeline. Yeah. Fuck, I'm hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Headset. Uh, 
I'm just going to take a screenshot and you know, just send that around. Yeah, that's me. Actually, if, you want, if you want to see the best I'm of me. I'm not going to send it around. I'm just going to give it to Nicklin. <laughs> and I'm going to say, see this shit? Read it. Yeah, but that's something we see haven't... See how sp- fucking funny I am, Yeah, bitch? but, but we, haven't, we haven't spoken about that before. But, um, well, it was probably about two or three weeks ago. She got on Facebook and said, yeah. I actually listened to it, and it's actually, like, it was her whole tone was one of, like, surprise. Yeah. It's, actually, it's actually hilarious. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm listening to it now. Oh, my God. So, you know, can't stop laughing. It's like, yeah, well, yeah, I've been doing it for, like, what, this is the fucking fourth year, hey? I mean, just, yeah. You know, Not to pro- mention, give it the program. She's been living with that hilarity for fucking better part of 14 years. I think the implication was... <laughs> that it was my part that was hilarious. Shit. Because <laughs> otherwise, why would she say anything? I mean, if she knew you were hilarious already. <laughs> Next. <laughs> um, Make a valid point. Un- unluckily, the the Raiders, we'll get to the Raiders, like their, their game on um, Sunday night, uh, I think it was. Um, we'll get to it later, but unfortunately, he used up all the, they used up all the Canberra luck and Matt Lenevez was unsuccessful at the Logies, and he didn't even lose to Kerry Packer. He lost to some fucking kid off home and away that no one's ever heard of. He well, was, you know, certainly I haven't, because I don't watch home and away. He was successful in looking sexy, well, as you'd expect from Doc, Dr. Sexy. But what about the picture he tweeted of his Louis Vuitton swag? Yeah. Who you got to blow to get the Louis Vuitton swag? Well, you know. Louis Vuitton, probably. <laughs> well, for the Logies, yeah, Burt Newton or something, probably. <laughs> No, but he did. Uh, he did did make a uh, a grand entrance on the red carpet. He was looking a million dollars, and you know, I, I don't like to take credit for things that I've had absolutely nothing to do with. But I'm happy to take a little bit of credit for the way he looked on the red carpet. Why are you going to take credit for the way he looked? I mean, let's take clearly he's become a better man just from having spoken to me on the phone. Well, I was going to say just to, you know from the you know, the nomination, like we'll, we'll take all credit for that. But I mean, the way he looked, well, I mean, we, yeah, I mean, came, we introduced him to a, to a fan base, you know, that that he never had access to before, and that probably people didn't, without vaginas, and it probably didn't didn't cast a single vote for the Logies, unfortunately. <laughs> and that's my fault too. I mean, if I, if I had to actually realise what all the dates were and everything, might have you know pushed it <laughs> pushed it a little bit harder. Um, it, look, I did cast a vote, but my vote went to the chick with the beard from Neighbours. Sorry, man. Who's the chick with the beard from Neighbours? I don't know, the chick that fucking owns a diner. What's her name? The Greek chick. I don't, I don't know if she has a beer, but she's Greek. She probably does. I don't watch Neighbours, so I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. No, did about. I say Neighbours? I meant Home and Away. <laughs> well, now, yeah, I don't know that either. There okay. There you go. Yeah, she got my vote. You didn't, Matt. She's got a better beard than you. News. Okay, uh, this week, surprise, surprise, we didn't have a single complaint about the clock. <laughs> Isn't that funny? We kicked all the haters down. Isn't it interesting when you name and shame people for, for <laughs> fucking spouting off, they dry up and evaporate like, un- it's amazing, it's amazing. Um, like a penile excretion. So, you know, thanks to all the past sponsors of the of the of the ticking time bomb clock. <laughs> but uh, alas we don't need any sponsors anymore, it's obviously been paid off. And um we've got a couple of quick fire stories, so let's start the clock now. And Adam Blair is the first one. Had a leg pull, got off, he did a chicken leg tackle, whatever you want to call it, and um, you know, protected species that he is ever since his storm days. Word just came through before chicken we started leg, recording. Chicken wing. 
got off a blatant chicken. chicken I can't remember who he chicken winged in the manly game, but that was that was far more blatant than this was. Uh, he actually got charged with this way, but he got off. So, my absolute clean skin deserved uh, deserved to get off, and uh, look forward to him playing again this week. Uh, you know, had his best game for the club on Monday night. Say so, fuck, you need a to- you need a you need a forward. <laughs> Matt Gillette and Jack Reed. Who Brisbane would like to claim as you know Broncos juniors probably because they're from Queensland. Yeah. They're from Bribey Island, which is That's like right. you know, you know they may as well be fucking North Queensland Cowboys juniors. They may as well that be from around. Campbelltown. I've got my, my uh, one of my best mates is from Bribey Island. He always gives me shit about being because I'm from Campbelltown. Yeah. So fuck you, man. You're from Bribey Island. It's like Campbelltown with sand. It's Campbelltown Island. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's like Anzi Beach. <laughs> Slightly less needles in the sand. <laughs> so yeah, um, but you know they they did you know they they played together for a while. Uh, clearly, they, they you know there's something going on there. They'd like to stay together, and um, yeah, they've extended their contracts at the Broncos. Uh, look, Broncos have have signed up. They've identified a, a need for a uh, you know a centre with zero footwork and and limited attacking ability and and a wide running second rower slash centre. With uh, no fresh ideas, so they needed that. They signed those boys up, and I'll tell you, a slow, you know, a slow, wide-running second rower with red hair who they play in the centres, <laughs> <laughs> and Matt Gillette, who who has you know he does have some talent. They are, you know, they have identified the local talent and signed them up to long-term deals. I think they need, you know, with Justin Hodges, I think they need a little bit more in the centres than Jack Reed, but that's the way they've decided to go. And um, good luck to the young bloke. He's he's obviously um, set up with a big future. Brent Kite article came out. I think it was a bit of a hatchet job from the, from uh, was a bulldog that did it. I think it was Richie that did it. Um, it was a bit of a hatchet, I guess, for him to try and stick a knife into Manly and stick a knife into Penrith as well. Though he's expanding his targets. They did an article, an interview with Brent Kite, saying that uh, the Brent Kite didn't want to leave Manly and go to Penrith. Um, you know, of course, no one wants to leave Manly because once you leave Manly, your future prospects are over. I mean, because of the Manly Manly's, curse. Manly's a lovely place. It's just the people that make it shit. People are fantastic. The people are cunts. The place is fantastic. Quite frankly, much like the players. Um, <laughs> but if you woke up every day and you had the option of looking at, you know, sandy beaches and, and waves crashing over the shore and, yeah. and, you know, beautiful seagulls floating around and you could walk down to Stewart House and look at some delinquent kids... Um, <laughs> or you could look out your front door through fucking barbed wire fences and yeah, like and, cable ski work, that cable ski fucking <laughs> at you know a couple of burnout cars yeah and some up know, on blocks some fucking junkies in your front your front lawn know what I'd rather take yeah exactly take fucking burnout cars every day of the week rather than live with those manly cunts. <laughs> Yeah, but unfortunately, Brent Kite didn't feel that way. Yeah, and, uh, well, but there know, was there was an, another interesting thing. If in the, the fucking cap fits in the in the interview, there was another interesting thing where they, he sort of he was really provoking him, saying, "Oh, do you agree with the salary cap, even though it means it got forced you out of the club?" And you know, she, he was trying to provoke him. But then he mentioned he said something about you know Penrith. Why why would why would you go to Penrith? Why Penrith? And and he actually went they on to offered say, me the most money. Well, he actually went on to say that he, he didn't want to leave Manly. And there's a couple of clubs he would not have gone to if they, if they offered him a contract. So I wonder who that is. Storm Dogs? Clearly he wasn't the West Tigers. He was all well, he, to go to the West Tigers. And except, the Tigers he, except he didn't go. Quite rightfully turned their back on him. And now he's uh, basically done twice as twice as much work as uh, all the props combined in the West Tigers roster. Next story. <laughs> um, the Dogs, they had an article come out today where they were, you know, guys like Ennis and uh, Tolman were sticking up for T-Rex saying, hey, give me a break. He's just yes. le- he's learned the system. I don't think it's fair. Preferably you know? 
His left leg. He's fucking. He's an amazing. <laughs> he's an amazing player. Don't don't fucking don't sh- stop shitting on him, guys. Because you know he's going to come good for us. And this the I've heard this. This is not just from these idiots. Like as you know, and make no mistake about it. Michael Anderson is a fucking idiot. Um, Tolman is too. Because why would you fucking stay there? He's awesome, and he's just getting fucking buried by you know Desi's system. But anyway, <laughs> you're so bitter and repugnant. Yeah, but Tolman's fucking awesome. I don't know if I, I don't know if it's because I loved him from you know when he was is that killing like, it in, in a direct comparison to you or just in general. He's, he's, he was he's a fucking unbelievable prop, and he just seems to not get the minutes. And... You mostly come up awesome, I'm just saying. Oh, yeah, well, he's, he's not he's not an unbelievable prop compared to me. Clock, like, you know, <laughs> clock's ticking, motherfucker. Get yeah, point. the clock is ticking. Um, the point, what was the point of saying? Yeah, Ennis is a fucking idiot. That's point one. The point two is they're talking <laughs> about this. T-Rex is a fucking they're, myth. They're talking about this. They're talking, yeah, T-Rex is a myth. Yeah, I mean, fucking, you know, news bulletin there. The sky's also blue and cucumbers taste better pickled. But point three is that um, <laughs> you're thinking about that cucumber one, aren't you? <laughs> But the other point is they keep talking about God it. Taking, damn it, he's right. They keep, they keep talking about the time it's taking him to settle into the systems and everything. One, he's playing under the fucking coach who's, who probably you know got the best out of him anyway. Two, let's look over at Manly, Justin Horro, Brenton Lawrence, Uncle Fussy, all with very limited preseasons. Uncle fucking what? Richie Foso. What did you call him? Uncle Fuss. That's his name. And now... Just when I thought you couldn't come up with a more fucking I, retarded nickname... I didn't come up with than it. ...than some of the bullshit you've given some of these poor That's, fucking players like T-Red. I mean, what hope has I'm that glad, fuckhead got? I'm glad you mentioned T-Red. Because if you remember the story he's of how... He's a very he, unattractive kid, by the way. Not only is he a ranger, he's a fucking good head like a drop pie. A, yeah. a fucking smash crab flavoured drop pie. But Ranger's always been like the the equivalent of like, you know, um, pig dogs. Like the well, human pig dog equivalents. Okay, take your point, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, T-Red, how did he come to Manly? No pre-season. The week before the season started, he fucking got shunted over. He, like, he got shunted over on a Friday, um, played Reggie's that weekend, scored a couple of tries. He's in the Manly first grade side the week after that. No pre-season. And he slotted in like fucking, you wouldn't believe. Shows how desperate Manly are for fucking... Shows how incredible players. it shows. It, it it basically shows that players could fit into systems very very quickly. Let me talk about T Rex fitting into a fucking system. He's mm-hmm. got one job: get the ball, run hard, repeat. Not that hard. How fucking difficult is it to fit into that system? You fucking halfwit. Suck it up, <laughs> a professional athlete. Catch the ball, run hard. You're 120 kilos. Do it or fuck off. I'm sick of listening to you. And that, Next. And I think the only reason he's in the squad, in the squad still is because you know six hundred fifty seven hundred grand of reported figures. That's a lot of money to spend on a Reggie, and I just think it's a as a face saving thing. Because let's face it, he was bought as a face saving measure in the you first place. He, you know what? He'd still go to the fucking tuck shop in reserve grade and say, "Oh, can I have a pipe? Oh, sorry, I forgot my wallet, bro." Oh, I'm not going to say he's I'm always forgetting. Like, I always forget that I'm 120 kilos, bro. So you're going to say that he's a, he's actually like a tight ass as well as a as, as well as a ship player? He fucking left his wallet and his fucking bike. Or however he would get to training if he played in reserve grade. Why Why would he need a bike to get to training in reserve grade? He's been paid fucking $650,000 a year. He can drive a He's fucking Maserati. He's not smart enough to get a car. If he was smart, he'd realise it was 120 kilos. Get the ball, run hard, repeat. Fuck, we've been over this. Stop the clock. <laughs> but the final thing. Oh, the clock's still going. Hear, yeah, the clock's still going. Do you, you hear the rumour about the doggies? That we're, uh, I'm not going to mention any names whatsoever, for obviously, for allegedly reasons. Yeah. But let's just say that... Um, Player A fucked player B's wife. Player C got wind of it, smacked up player A. 
player A now finds himself outcast from the first grade squad and not a popular member. <laughs> and um, and and so and recent team selections will show you you know everything you need to know about that player B. No names, but I mean, I mean, imagine if if you know someone if your teammate fucked your wife and Wayne Carey style, that would probably send you off on an epic fucking bender. But yeah, stop the clock. I'll make no comment. <laughs> now. First story of the big stories, Dave Taylor has been stood down for two weeks. He must earn back the trust of Gold Coast coach John Cartwright after his poor attitude and brazen disobedience forced the club to stand him down for two weeks. It's understood Cartwright questioned the attitude of Taylor on more than one occasion already this season, and another incident of insubordination last weekend was the final straw for club officials. The high-priced South Sydney recruiter struggled to fit into the Titans program in his first year on the coast. Taylor will have three games in which to impress Queensland selectors who sacked him on the basis of form for the deciding game last year. He's understood to have voiced frustration regarding the game plan following the loss to the Broncos on Friday. On several occasions in the game, Taylor was visibly annoyed at not receiving the ball on the left edge where he was targeting Scott Prince. The Titans refused to detail the reasons for Taylor's axing, but it's understood a string of minor code of conduct breaches forced them to act. Cartwright said alcohol was not behind his demotion. It's a fucking epidemic of players that are 120 kilos doing jack shit. Play like they're fucking... Built like POWs. Mm-hmm. Dave Taylor, the fuck have you got to say about game plans and tactics? Get the fucking ball, run hard, repeat. I feel and like do I've it heard that somewhere three before. Three times in a game. Yep. It's not that hard. To be fair, you don't have to be fucking. You don't have to be General Patton to realise that you know that's a valid strategy to fucking run that run the fat touchy at Scott Prince. That's true. <laughs> so so inexperienced in the in the Titans halves, I think to you know to not send him on those missions because you know it may have yielded several tries. Yeah. But, yeah. but they probably said, "Hey Dave, we'd give you the ball, but you're standing out on the, over the fucking sideline behind the touchy." Scott Prince isn't out there, champ. Matt Plus Orford. You're on the football you, field. You, you have to be Matt Orford or Benji Marshall to pass it to you there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so moving on from there. Um, unlucky, Dave Taylor. Sort your shit out, man. Nothing unlucky about it. And then I saw someone on Twitter. Shut your mouth, play football. I can't remember who it was that, um, that on Twitter, but they, so I, I'm sorry I can't give you credit, but you know, it probably saves you from lawsuit. Um, saying that they saw, you know, they, they saw so many photos of him getting blind with, um with the fucking Mad Hueys in the off-season as well. So, uh, attitude, it's basically a symptom of his attitude not being right. He thinks he's a rock star. He's like the man that ate the man that ate the man that ate Jamie Seward. <laughs> that reminds me, we had, we had, a, we had a, a, a title of a show, you know, something along those lines last year. Yeah, that was in relation to English. Was it? A couple of seasons ago. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, next one, uh, Cat's Hair Returns. Terry Campisi is back again, probably temporarily, as, you, as we know it goes. The former New South Wales State of Origin playmaker was last night chosen in Canberra's side to play New Zealand on Saturday night at Canberra Stadium. Campo, who will play his first game in 12 months, has been forced to overcome a horrendous injury toll. Two knee reconstructions and a serious groin injury have plagued his career over the past three years, but the champion playmaker believes he's mentally and physically ready to return. He said, I can't go out there thinking about them, meaning his operations. That's when you put yourself in a dangerous position. I have to go out there and not think about the knee, just get out there and play football. I've been ticking all the boxes and finally got the tick of approval from our medical staff. Everyone is happy. It's been 12 months since the operation, so it's time to play. I knew what to expect this time around, so it was easy. But it doesn't get easier watching from the sidelines. Terry Campisi is a very cerebral footballer. Plays with his brain. He's not gifted with blinding pace. He's not gifted with Benji Marshall type footwork. But he's a thinker. 
He's a thinker, and he's much like his uncle. His uncle was a cerebral footballer, playing out there on the wing for the Wallabies, skipping inside. The first person in history to say that David Campisi fucking thinks. Have you seen his Twitter feed and the shit he says in his newspaper articles? I didn't say. I didn't say that it made sense. The things that occur in his head, but he does think a lot. It's really, really dumb shit. I'm looking forward to how seeing how Terence fits into the uh, to the Canberra system, mm-hmm. and uh, you know executing Supercoach Ferner's game plans. His kicking game is critical. They've got the forwards to uh, to create a, a platform which any half worth their salt in the NRL is going to be able to play off the back of. Um, and his kicking game, long kicking game in particular, kicking to corners and uh, and building pressure is is paramount to, to trying and to add that other element to the, to the Raiders game. I don't know if he's going to be the same player mentally or physically, but... Um, you know, he's he's definitely a very smart footballer, so I think he can overcome his injuries long term based on the way that he you know, his vision and the way he sees and, and thinks about a game. So wait, you say that you you're not sure how he's gonna come back? Well, you know what not convinced, no. Okay, well I've got the answer already. Right. Campisi does not accept he may take several games to recapture his top form. Asked how long his comeback would take, Campisi said, If I get the chance, I hope I'm back to my best in five minutes. I don't want to be a burden for the boys there, I want to be my best straight away. So there you go. There's the answer. He's going to be back to his best he's in confident. five minutes. So he's going to be back to his best in five minutes. Five minutes of best play. Might lay on a try. Out for a year. Unfortunately. He's, he's got form. He does. He does. All right. What else do we have here? St. George Illawarra. Possibly looking to buy a double double team of Dugan and Carney. So um, there's been private discussions between Todd Carney and Josh Dugan about reuniting at the Dragons. St. George Illawarra are heavily favoured to sign Dugan for the remainder of this season and beyond, and they're also deep in the hunt to poach Carney from arch-rivals Cronulla. Despite the fact they never played together at NRL level, the pair were close until Carney left the ACT midway through 2008, and when he joined the Roosters two years later, Carney led a push for the club to chase Dugan so they could play side-by-side at Bondi Junction. The Roosters launched a big-money bid for Dugan's services in 2010, only for Canberra to prevail, but now with the Dragons in the market for both players, the stars have aligned for them to be together again. So, wow! Yeah, they reckon he'll. They reckon Carney will attract offers of around seven hundred and fifty grand a season I from the Dragons, Warriors, and Panthers. Specifically for Dugan, but also for Carney. I don't think the Dragons are cool enough. And Cronulla are. Well, Cronulla's no. got that little edgy sort of bogan thing going on that would probably appeal to someone like Carney. I don't think the Dragons are edgy enough. There's no rooftop selfies in fucking Cogra. They could bring that culture in. Could you? Well, could you imagine? <laughs> do you know? Do you remember that tile company, Monia? Yeah. It had the outline of a cat walking on a roof. Yeah, yeah. Ben Cray. Yeah. That's a that's a selfie in the making. Tony Sauer, you know, take your pick. Remakes of the Monia logo coming to Instagram. Um, <laughs> oh, that this it just goes that all that proves to me is how far the dragons have dropped since Wayne Bennett's left. Yeah. Um. Carney's one thing. I think he, on his own, um, he's proven himself during his time at Cronulla that he, he has turned his life around, I think, and um, he's obviously settled down, got himself in a stable relationship, and all credit to him. Um, Dugan's flat out a fucking head case, and, uh, mm-hmm. and and the Dragons have built a system of such structure and discipline 
um, and now they're leading leading the charge to, to sign someone like Dugan who just has no uh, no control over what the fuck he's doing off the field. Yep. Um, and Dugan, and Dugan has to satisfy, that. he has to comply with NRL-provided counselling and oh. prove that he's a, quote, fit and proper person. That counselling, etc. can't be that strict if Robert Louis is playing rugby league. Yeah, that criteria, yeah, and we'll get to that too because fucking that was one of the most heartwarming rugby league memories I'll ever fucking have is just the rugby league community that weekend, but we'll get into that later. Recaps, the first game, and once again, the weekend started off in tremendous fashion, so I was just fucking sailing through the weekend, you know, as with the week before with the, you know, the devastating win over the West Tigers. Same again. Can't remember. Another 26-point game from the Sea Eagles. This time it was, uh, they won 20 points, 2-6, over the arch-rival Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs, and this was a fucking game that they were never in the doggies. Um, half-time, 18 shit. The points... Manly's 20 points came from a double to Jorge Tafua. Jamie Lyon got a try as well. Three from three from Lyon, and he got one penalty goal from two attempts. Banks, uh, Canary Bankstown Bulldogs, they had a try to Michael Ennis off of you know, obstruction, and conversion from Tim <laughs> Lafay, one from one. Manly are building a bit of a psychological edge over a few sides in the NRL. Um, most notably, if they're building a, a handy edge over the Bulldogs um, as well as the Storm I think um, you well, know, to be last... fair the Bulldogs have won the two previous encounters you know one of which was a finals game yeah but I, I think this whole T-Rex thing has probably swung the pendulum in Manly's favour <laughs> yeah loser, lo- the loser is the one the team that has T-Rex <laughs> it's like handicapping system really <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Manly are probably heading much along the same lines as uh, to use an NBA reference the, the Detroit Pistons um, in the nineties, when the young upstart Chicago Bulls took them on and uh, and you know beat up the bullies, and I think that's that's where Manly are headed. You know, I don't want to say about a young team, couple of you know couple of superstars on the rise, just finding their feet at the moment. Maybe at the later end of the season, bash up the bully, take the mantle. Just saying. So you're saying so you so you're saying just saying the West Tigers are probably going to beat Manly and and take on you know the dominant role they so. So richly deserve. Had the NRL. chance two weeks ago, and if it was an NBA game, it would have been fucking, well, I guess nil's nil, isn't it? So it would have been like 113 nil or something if it was an NBA game. Anyway, back to this game. Um, <laughs> Amazing I'm really, how you I'm get back really on track. <laughs> concerned that T-Rex is going to be forgotten long before this mega contract is up for him. Uh, he's He's got nothing out there. Maybe he can go and, to the Dragons. And it's, it's just interesting that some of his teammates are coming out in support of him, but the media's after him now. And yeah. how's he going to handle that pressure? Well, not, um, not very well, He couldn't handle imagine. the pressure of, of people he classes as friends um, and former teammates out there on the field um, to put a performance together um, to show them what they're missing out on. Um, yeah, he was he was very ordinary. I think the dogs um, are going to be okay, but as I said last week, I think their record is starting to become fairly imposing against them. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely have the credentials to be... You know, every bit, every bit as good as they were last year. But, um, you know, there's a few mumbles in the media and the whole barber thing is yet to really, um, you know, be put to bed. He's, he's yet to get back to his best form. 
And, um, you know, they've got a little bit of work to do. Um, but, you know, ultimately, I think Manly started out in control of this game and, and really took the game by the scruff of the neck early and didn't really let go and just continued to build pressure and, and in the end closed it out for a good win. Yeah, uh, easy. That first try they scored with Tafua was so fucking easy, catch and pass numbers. He didn't, you know, there was no struggle to put it down or anything. He was just passing. He just strolled into the, you know, into the in-goal area, put the ball down. Um you know, some of the other tries obviously were, you know, harder to come by, but still you know, great games all around. I'm fucking loving the team at the moment, the way they're going. And their defence, I mean, you know, we're talking, you know, it's like, you know, 96 fucking, or, or, 80, or 87. Some new material. Or 87 defence. up here. Oh, still invite me up here to cook me dinner, but if you come, come up with some new material. Look, if they're going to keep pretty much shutting out teams every week, the defence is something that's going to have to be discussed. There's a fucking brick wall. And I hear internally that the reason for the defence being so good this year, which is going to shit some other teams... Modelled it off West Tigers, clearly. No. <laughs> no, no, because you conceded 26 points against That's us. Right. Sorry, um, I always get those mixed up. Brad Arthur. Stop. Who? Brad Arthur. He's included. He's, he's brother a brother of the uh, Australian cricket team coach? No, it's the guy that was caretaker coach at Parramatta towards the late stages of last season. Oh, because they're a fucking defensive powerhouse, Parramatta. But appara- what, I, what I'm hearing is he's he's the assistant coach that's kind of in charge of defence. The players love him and uh, are responding to him. And I also hear that Matt Parrish, the players were happy to see the arse at the end of him last year. Is that right? So I, he was a very highly rated coach when he came over and took up an assistant coach, and he was very like very close to signing the West Tigers. Yeah, I think I think you guys might have dodged a bullet with him, uh, you know, not getting him as a head coach because uh, from what I hear, that you know he was actually you know partially <laughs> partially anything that happened last year was you know partially like disharmony sort of you know with him like players didn't you know gel with him or what for whatever reason and this year apparently uh yeah Brad Arthur's <sighs> solid as a rock and there uh and the defenses uh, responded accordingly a, a member of the manly uh fraternity leaves and then his name is sullied what a surprise well not sullied I'm just saying he didn't you know the chemistry wasn't I right really like you sullied no, no, I'll sully T-Rex and Desi to the cows come home. This is not sully. I'm just saying the chemistry deals are right for whatever reason. I don't know. I don't actually know why. But, uh, yeah. Now, Twitter. We I mean, should talk about this game all day because it was magnificent. But we'll go, you know. Oh, sorry. One last point I did have. Sorry, on the game. Tell. One last point. Um, dogs, they got their try like about, you know, four or five minutes before the end of play. Michael Ennis, it was a clear obstruction. Um, would have been blown up any day of the week. But, lo and behold, the referee says, look... I think it's a try. We'll go upstairs to the obstruction. Sends it upstairs to fucking whom? Who's upstairs adjudicating? Luke the... Patton. Oh, really? Luke Patton. Oh, really? The general's going to fucking push the no try button on his team? Oh, yeah, right. Fucking... I cannot believe that you would question the integrity of a man that played with... With the blue you know, and whites for so long that he... With, with, <laughs> he played with, you know, all the heart that you would expect of a man whose eyes point in two different fucking directions. Exactly. How can someone like that be charged with <laughs> making decisions on, you know, on a small screen anyway? Uh, Twitter, at Campo37. Uh, Rabs just called Jorge a, a revelation. It may be much more excited than it should have. You're welcome, Rabs. Anthony Bales, at, at BC. The vitriol from Canterbury fans towards T-Rex is hilarious. Hash, thanks for making cap room for us. Yeah. At Andy Smyrniotis. 
Tony Williams is more useless than a back pocket on your singlet. That was a quote attributed to Gus Gould from the telecast. Has to be quote of the year. Hash yeah. useless, hash dog shit. And actually, funny That's thing perfect. is, I didn't actually hear that quote on the telecast because in Queensland, we didn't get that game live. So I was watching on an illegal stream. And um, the first stream I had, for whatever reason, fell over. And so rather than miss any action trying to get that one you know, going again, I just went to the second stream on the list and it was actually taken from... It was French coverage. So it was French commentators. And it was just kind of like, yeah, like, are they... And the same because it's a French, you go, Ale Baba, Ale Baba, Ale, Ale, Ale Baba. And like, they just, that's, that's pretty much what I said with you know, for any, any player uh, that had the ball. Like, yeah, like Ale and then, you know, whatever the player's name was. <laughs> and so they're just going, blah, blah, blah. It was, it was very funny. I mean, it was, it was good because I didn't have to listen Ale to Baba. fucking... And his forty benders. Exactly, I didn't have to listen to Gus and, and Rabs going with their shit. But unfortunately, I missed that fantastic call on T Rex, the Chapo eighty two. Seriously, hash T Rex as in the car wreck is the NRL version of Hodor. Hash <laughs> useless retard. Uh, James, James, James. Just wait until season the end of season three, season four. Hodor is not as useless as you think. At Scotty Eel, fucking manly. Love them or hate them, you have to admit they're a damn good footy team again this year. Hash can defend. Wonderful tweet. Tweet of the year contender. Four now. At Maddie underscore McCabe one. Hash. This is, I think this is the first appearance of Boom Maddie McCabe this this year. Oh. And if you look at his Twitter name, his name is Hash Boom Maddie McCabe. He's, <laughs> he's a marvellous self-promoter. Uh, marvellous. And, uh, and he's got a... I really wish he'd interact with us a bit more. He's, he does send his tweets in, but... Yeah. I want him to just say, G'day, mate. How are you? Hope you're having a good day. Hash, hash boom, boom Maddie McCabe. McCabe. Yeah, exactly. P.S. Just went and took a quick piss. Hash boom Maddie McCabe. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. He's a fucking legend. Love it. And uh, he started his tweet, hash, beat it Tom Waterhouse. Maybe they should have locked Barbara in a room with Tom Waterhouse for rehab. He knows what punters want. <laughs> At CA Photo 10. Tony Williams can go eat a box of cocks. I've seen ball boys have a big impact in this oxygen thief. <laughs> Hash rally fucking towel. <laughs> GT351 underscore Johns took it much better than I would have thought. Said, uh, the dogs were that bad, I would have rather watched Tom Waterhouse rather than my team. Congrats, Manly, on the win. How rational is that? I reckon he's just like injected himself with something. Yeah, like, this is Valium. Just straight, before yeah. going, you know what? I'm just going to send these guys a tweet. I'm going to be gracious because if I say something... It's going to be on and it's going to hurt more than he's, it does. He's filled himself up on grace serum. I never took him. I never. I never took him as being so rational, but he obviously played the odds of you know doing a hate, hateful tweet uh, and uh, elected to go against clearly it. Clearly, his account was hacked. And uh, speaking of hateful tweets, at Cambo ninety six, Des Hasler is a fucking myth. I hope the cunt rots down into the bottom of the ladder with that scum club he chose over Manly. <laughs> and I must admit, it is very, very pleasing to see where they are on the ladder at the moment. At the Chapo eighty two came back again and said, Congrats, Manly, you really treated us like Joffrey treated those hookers. You remember that from season two? Yes. <laughs> and he said, Hash beat the shit out of us. Hash keating out Hawking. <laughs> At Life of Ty, who's on his honeymoon. And let me tell you, I mean my honeymoon, I think we were gone for three weeks. And um His honeymoon, which is clearly doubling his divorce. <laughs> his honeymoon, I mean, he's been He's been on honeymoon for like fucking three months. On his own, probably. Oh, you know, apparently not, but yeah. Look, it's easy to go on long holidays when your wife's inflatable. <laughs> and he said, uh, checking in from Prague. Hash go manly. Hash eat one bulldogs. Hash epic failure crew. Prague, suburb of Penrith. And the Chapo 82 came in again and said, it's a sad, sad day when T-Rex makes Adam Blair look like Bradley Clyde. 
<laughs> Adam Blair's not that far off, but Bradley Clyde. Only 40 tackles and 14 hit-ups a game. <laughs> Next game. Give or take. The Brisbane Broncos, 32, defeated the Gold Coast Titans, 12. In front of uh, a reportedly excellent crowd of 22,749 people, the uh, Which tries... Which looked respectable on TV. It actually didn't look too bad, hey? Um, the tries, Peter Wallace, Josh Hoffman, Matt Gillette, Justin Hodges, Andrew McCulloch, and Nick Sliney, the possible sex offender Nick Sliney. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Scott Prince, four of six conversions, and uh, the Titans, their tries came through. Albert Kelly, both of them, two from two just... Just go through the phone book and just underline people with names that make them sound like a possible sex offender. Magnificent. It's really sorry, st- mate. It's really stuck. you're on You're on the register. What are you talking about? I've got a clean record. Your name sounds like makes you sound like a sex offender. It's all got to go. On. He just goes to the government to apply for a blue card to get a job at a childcare centre or something, and they're like, yeah, and he just they just look at the form. I'm sorry, Mr. Sliney, if your application has been declined. But I didn't. <laughs> yeah, but uh, according to your name. <laughs> <laughs> you touch children. <laughs> so, um, yeah, 32-12, and uh, the Titans' bubble is beginning to burst, uh, you know, later than I thought it would, but nevertheless, it begins. It's a simple game, Rugby League. Very simple game. You get good go forward, you kick to the corners, and it makes you very hard to beat. And I think that's what the Broncos started out doing in this game, um, and they withstood the Titans, you know, attack. Um, who was they were short Caesar too, which to be yep. fair to the Titans would have had a, a dramatic impact on their performance. But um, and then something about the Broncos second halves these past couple of weeks, they weren't quite good enough to get over the top of the storm in the in the end. But the way they come out in that second half and really controlled possession and and put on some pretty enterprising attack. And it was, it was almost a carbon copy in this game. They just blasted out of the blocks, um, took the game by the scruff of the neck when it was there for either side to take, and um, and really controlled it. And, and that second 40 minutes set the tone for the victory, and it was it was very impressive. Um, I think that, you know, they were probably even even money going into half time, with the Titans probably even looking like they might have had a little bit more momentum. But, um, yeah, the Broncos... Whatever he's saying to him at half time, look, looks like he's got him ready. This time, yeah, you know, cause second halves haven't been the greatest friends of ever. No, exactly. Uh, the, right. know, it's a real turn. The, st- the storm game was the, the one exception to that rule, but yeah, this time, you know, they backed it up. Clearly, the Eels have seen something in the past which which would indicate Corey Norman is capable of this type of performance. Um, week in, week out, hence his big contract that he signed. Can I just interrupt you there quickly? I forgot, on Twitter tonight, I've been seeing people throw out rumours that he's going to uh, he's going to molten that contract. Really? That's just, yeah, just rumours I hear, but I mean, a lot of people have been saying it though, so it must be getting about, something must have started that kind of talk off. I don't know why this is called molten. Luke Lewis did it. I mean, yeah, why but he was called Luke Lewis. He's, he's, he's was very kind of, he's felt more low-key though, Luke Lewis, right? The molten was a big thing. Yeah, it was, but that doesn't make it, you know. I mean, what, what, it was what were essentially the, the same thing. What were the specifics of the Luke Lewis one? Luke though? Lewis he, signed a deal with the had Bunnies. He, had he signed it or he did, had he just agreed to a deal? This is where I think the Molson one might I be more I think he signed so. it and then he rang him and said, I've had a change of heart. And they said, well, we don't want people playing for us if they don't want to play for us. They <laughs> tore it up. Fucking idiots. Could be wrong. That's my take on it. Yeah. He said, I can't, the, the, the planes don't fly from Penrith to fucking Redfern <laughs> <laughs> in the rain. <laughs> 
mainly because as soon as the planes touch down, people rip the wheels off them and sell them on eBay. Set them on fire. Um, yeah, I think Norman had you know one of his best games for the Broncos that I've I've seen him play, and and he was given some good support from the forward pack. Um, Corey Parker, um, you know our mate Nick Nick Sliney, Ben Hannett, all had uh, a lot of strong charges, and and that laid the platform for the Broncos to get away with a pretty solid win away from home. So Twitter, Frullins, that's F-R-U-L-L-E-N-S. Looks like a bigger than usual turnout at the Gold Coast. Titans ticket counters have just announced the crowd is 156,725 people. I saw that tweet during the game and I literally laughed out loud. That was hilarious. Troy underscore 79. 22 nil to the Broncos in the second half. Dave Ferner must have been in the Titans sheds at half time. <laughs> now, I'd like to just put an asterisk next to that tweet as the, um, the foolish tweet of the week. We'll come back to that one later. And and in a, in a classic example of worlds colliding and you know in tweetception with you know this week in leagueception twill quotes twill underscore quotes tweeted us after the game and said uh nick sliney in brackets who may or may not be a sex offender is over <laughs> so uh they had uh at amy lee underscore you realized we said that last week right what's that you said nick sliney yeah, yeah, I said, yeah, that's right, but he's come back and used our quote. That's what yeah. I'm saying. It's like fucking Twillception. Yeah. He's like, it's an account that that echoes what we say in an episode. It's taken that, used it, tweeted it back at us in context of something that happened in another game. It fucking, like, you can, I know you can't, it's hard to get your mind around it. You need Chris Nolan Mate, to come in here and put you in a fucking van, put you to sleep, spin could, a top you thing. You can make a, a, a movie reference to a movie that every person on this planet has seen. Are and you? I wouldn't get it. The fuck hope have I got of understanding what the hell you're talking about? Have you seen Inception? No. Oh, you haven't seen that Inception? That should not be surprising to you. That it actually kind of does because I mean, you seem like you've been seeing more stuff like last, you know, sort of eighteen months or so. Yeah, that never really appealed to me. That thing. It's a fucking good movie. As much as I love Leo DiCaprio, it's, it's fucking, dreamy. It's a fucking good movie. Totes dreamy. Just saying, you're missing out. You should watch it. Right. Um, at Amy Lee underscore. Now she actually texted me from the game. <laughs> And uh, and I told I said that's she's gold. A filthy stalker. I said that's gold. Tweet it to tweet it to this week in league account so that we can you know, say it on the show. But the way she actually tw- texted it was better. Her tweet is it was lovely seeing cobwebs all over the seats at Skill Park tonight. Classic Titans. <laughs> and I said take a picture and send it to me. She said I got no reception either. Yeah, so liar. She made the whole thing up. Yeah, exactly. Impulsive liar. Exactly. So it was bordering on sickness. GT three fifty one underscore Johns. <laughs> I didn't see it. But congrats to the Broncos on a big win. I expect the Titans to pump them. Well done, Bronx. Has Titans bubble burst? Yes. Moving along to Parramatta Eels. 13. Defeated the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks. 6. Parramatta's points came from a double to Ryan Morgan. Luke Kelly got a field goal. And Chris Sandow was 1 from 2 from the boot. Sandow also got a penalty goal. And the Sharkies. A try to Michael Gordon. A conversion to Michael Gordon. The end. And what a try it was from Michael Gordon. Solo effort. Um, it really was solo effort because it, as, a, as a team... They'd fuck all. Got nothing. Um, they looked a touch rudderless, the Sharks, I think. Um, well, that's one their rudder was out. Sorry? Their rudder was out. Yeah, I understand and they replaced that. But... It, and they replaced it with, with Robson rudder. <laughs> <laughs> Which, as everyone knows, is just like a fucking besser block with a chain around it. <laughs> More of an anchor than a rudder. <laughs> One player I was impressed with uh, with his effort in a losing side was Wade Graham. 
Um, he's really taking a lot out of playing with Paul Gallen. And he's really remodelled himself. As Paul Gallen Jr. <laughs> pretty much. Um, very much captain material. Um, very, very impressed. He was a bit enigmatic at the Panthers and, and did meet with a fair bit of criticism before he left. But um, very mature performance. Very strong, solid, um, take-no-prisoners performance. But the Panthers, he was kind of like they wanted him to sort of make plays and stuff. Yeah. Whereas, you know, here, he's just, you know, just going to sort of, you know, just so cut it up. You kill know. people. Yeah, exactly. Basically. Um, gritty, if unspectacular, from the Eels. Ben Roberts still managed to, um, you know, play, you know, his role with a cu- couple of customary fuck-ups. Um, but ultimately, I think the play, the, the Eels have found a bit of a player in Luke Kelly. Um, strange that they had to pay so much to get Corey Norman when... I think yeah. you put the, those resources, not so much the money, but um, you know the time and effort into bringing someone like Luke Kelly along. I think he's probably a good complement to Sandow and the halves, um, and you know he's probably a you know a cool head and, and an unspectacular half that you know has a good kicking game and and plays like Sandow and Hayne with their unpredictable attack and play off the back of it. So it probably would have been a nice complement, but. Um, instead, they're going to end up with Corey Norman, who A, doesn't pass the ball, and B, wants to be another one of those spectacular players. Yeah, no, he ain't that. But um, look, in light of um, last week's performance, the Eels really, you know, they dug deep and they, and they ground out a, a pretty gritty win. Yeah, and we can say, that, like, you know, last week's performance and stuff, but teams often do respond from beatings like that, you oh, know, fuck, coming, coming they back strong. They shouldn't be in the comp. But also, you know, uh, we haven't yet mentioned, you know, the, the Johnny Manor Cup that they yeah, played for. Yeah, it was for. a nice touch. It was a nice touch. Uh, it was good to see the Eels win, uh, you know, obviously for Timmy. And um, although, you know, of course, you know, being the Johnny Manor Cup, I mean, you'd have his connection to Cronulla, but I think it's, you know, it's a bit more, you know, poetic or whatever for, you know, Paramount sure. to win so that his brother can, uh, you know, take the win away. And nice that both clubs partake in, in marking such an occasion, um, you know, in honour of... Of a guy that, um, you know, we could all learn a fair bit from as far as, you know, toughness and, and courage. Okay, GT351 John said, Eels more motivated tonight. Big turnaround for them. Johnny Manor would be proud. Even Ben Roberts didn't suck as bad as normal. Well, he still sucked a little still bit. Sucked. Remember when he was like, you know, like, you know, like a player, sort of, you know, in the doggies back in the day? What the fuck happened there? He's, yeah, he the wheels just fell off completely makes Chris Bailey look like Brad Fittler I wonder like what it is I wonder what influence that he had that was getting the best out of him and then all of a sudden his plummet was fairly spectacular yeah and you can't put it down to any particular coach on no. the heel side of things because they just they fucking rifle through They've him so had quickly. Twelve. Yeah, it's, he's been he's been very consistent. He's only under been the, there five minutes. Yeah, under the under the eels banner, he's been very consistent despite the coaches that he's been through. <laughs> um, sweet Nigel B. Bring back Peter Sharp. Hash fire Flano. <laughs> no one ever says bring back Peter Sharp. We've all been hurt by him. Ever. At Mike underscore existence. I know it's early, but who's still confident that the Sharks are a top four side? Oh, Sharks yeah. need to get on the rally tower. I'm not um, at all. I think Flanagan come in and probably um, touched on the fact that they've been very disrupted and distracted by this whole Asada thing. And a lot of that they've probably brought upon themselves at various levels of the club if if the allegations do turn out to be true. But, um, you know, they probably have shown a certain element of professionalism 
um, and a will to win that you probably wouldn't normally associate with Cronulla. Over, you know, certainly taking a look at their recent history. Yeah. You know, over the last five years or so. Um, but, you know, the players are obviously digging in for one another, regardless of what might be happening off the field or um, at a board level. And valiantly, and valiantly losing low-scoring games. <laughs> 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 Fucking bravo. Standing ovation for that valour. At Manly Brett. You're a real cock. I'm just saying. <laughs> At Manly Brett. Haha, Eels on more points than Desbalar with a better four and against after round five. <laughs> Sensational. So bitter. At Shunter 86. Asada have a great opportunity to check Gallon's ass for scar tissue during his nudie run. Battle scars, of course. And that was another story there that I um, I didn't catch the the, the, the story, but Gallon, Gallon sort of bet Ricky Stewart, or, you know, if they lost or whatever, he was going to do a nudie run. Uh, that then progressed to, you know, obviously he didn't think they were going to lose to a team that got pumped 50 nil the week before. <laughs> and so he actually had to make good on it. So then he said, uh, you know, if you give $10,000 to charity, I'll, I'll ride my Harley down, you know, some street, you know, down in Cronulla or something like that. And I think that's happening at 11 a.m. tomorrow. I think he start, yeah, I think he started Northeast, yeah, riding his Harley nude down the road. So, you know, for charity, for $10,000 or something, you know, donate to some charity. I'm not sure who it is. But yeah, that's better than a nudie run. Because I mean, you know, on a bike, yeah. you'd have seen side what if cheek. he sat on his balls? That could hurt. You think he's fucking not smart enough? You think he's dumb enough to actually sit down and crush his nuts? Couldn't he just fucking, you know? Fucking Paul Gallon, mate. Well, he's been on the peptides. They're fucking not balls. They're more like raisins anyway, right? <laughs> Allegedly. Make a valid point. Dragons underscore Red V. Can't win when there's a trophy on the line. Last week, the Monty Porter Cup. <laughs> this week, John Manor. Next week, Steve Rogers. <laughs> and that's a very valid point, actually. At NJBT, when the Eels beat you five days after a 50-point walloping, it's time to move your team to Perth. Oh, that's harsh. It is, it is. Moving right along. North Queensland Cowboys, 30. Emulating the great manly side of last year and the mediocre Tiger side of last year who also did this feat. 30 points to nil. Really kick you in the nuts right now. Cowboys... 30 points came from tries to Khalifa, Fifi Law, double to Kane Linnett, Antonio Winstein got one, and your favourite and mine, Robert Louis got a try. Thurston was 4 of 5, uh, he also As grabbed he a penalty goal. over the adversity of being rubbed out of the game that he loves so much. No Unju- unjustly rubbed out, I a- might say. Unjustly rubbed out of the game that he loves so much. For me, you know, um, an indiscretion that, you know, would barely... Have even caused a ripple. These Apparently. fucking cocksuckers on on Foxtel, commentating this fucking game. <sighs> I'd rather it be an elephant in the room that no one mentioned. If indeed Robert Louis does have to play rugby league, which I'm not convinced that he deserves to uh, have the privilege of playing professional sport, and certainly not a sport that I love as much as rugby league. Um. After doing what he, you know, he basically attacked his wife twice. Twice on, on anniversary. Once. He enjoyed it so much the first time, he had an anniversary for it and fucking celebrated the first anniversary of it. And he plays his first game back after the second time where he was rubbed out of the game last season. Plays his first game back. The commentators go on about what a tough time he's had. How is the comeback kid? How has he coped with it all? How has he handled it? What a what a champion 
he is to have overcome the adversity of soccer kicking his missus in the head whilst pregnant in order yeah. to play rugby league again. I mean, we salute you, Robert. And so, moving on from that particular incident, it fucking was heartwarming to see the rugby league community united, yes. including some Cowboys fans as well, united in absolutely kicking the ever-loving shit digitally out of that fucking asshole. Um, the Twitter fucking melted down. I mean, I did a tweet on uh, from the This Week in League account, and I could just see this ping, 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 like just retweets going yeah. nuts. You know, it was a tweet about, you know, they were saying how hard it was or you know, how he's, you know, what was it? I can't remember. It was about his struggle over the last year. I said, well, you know, how, you know, how, how hard how has hard he done it? Yeah. Struggle, yeah. But yeah, well, you know, about a hundred times less hard than, you know, than the, the wife that he kicked the fucking shit out of twice. And Aaron Payne as a commentator, probably as good as Aaron Payne, the footballer, who was never quite good enough to get over the West Tigers in a grand final, much like 16 of his teammates on that fateful night. Not that I like to bring that up, but what the, what the fuck? What's the criteria for being a commentator? Oh, you used to play for the cl- one of the clubs that's <laughs> partaking in this game. Well, how do you get, do? How do you get how do you get Gaznier into a fucking into a commentary position either though, dude? Fuck me dead. Let's get Laurie Nichols out to commentate on fucking Tigers games weekend at Bernie style. Yeah, there's a little bit of a difference there, isn't there? Why? He's fucking dead as a <laughs> dead as dead could be. He'd still be more entertaining than Aaron Payne commentating. Fuck well, me dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did enjoy his, uh, yeah, I did enjoy uh, the stories about, you know, the cat. <laughs> the Laurie Nichols story with the cat that you told me. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Aaron Payne. No, 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 I was saying I enjoyed that. Oh, you're talking about the story he was telling about Robert Louis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Robert Louis took that fucking story to heart from Laurie Nichols and, and substituted. Rat a tat tat, yeah. say goodbye to your cat. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the game itself, the Cowboys were sensational early. They built up a very large lead very quickly. Yes. The second half, though, was a, a non-event. I mean, is that like a moral victory to the Panthers of sorts? I mean, they couldn't get anything done themselves, you know, point-wise. Oh. But they certainly, you know, they they more than stemmed the flow. They completely cut the, cut the faucet off, you know, and the Cowboys couldn't do anything either. They still then, lost 30-0. And it degenerated as a contest, um, you know, and obviously, the, you know, the, the massive avalanche of points that the Cowboys got early on, you know, put them over the line. Yeah, not too much to say about Penrith. I think their attack was unimaginative, unimaginative. Um, and they were outclassed by specifically JT, who wasn't really at his peak, but was dominant behind a pretty strong forward pack. Some of the charges Scott and Tamau made, um, and also Bolton on various occasions, just Penrith had no answer. And um, they just couldn't hold him out in that first half. It was very dominant. They put the queue in the rack early and, um, and and cruised through to the finish line without conceding a point, so it was a good effort. For sure. Twitter, at Matt McLeod. Robert Louis scores for the Cowboys. Is that good or bad? For his misses, I mean. Muggo, eight. I hope Louis broke his fucking ankle so his misses can just walk away from the cunt. You see where these tweets are going. Yeah. At Shunter, 86. 1,300 smiles, but none bigger than everyone with a conscience when Robert Louis went off injured. Hash scumbag, hash cowboys hate women. And I must say, <laughs> I want to give a little bit of credit to the social media person of the Cowboys because I mean their account is consistently spouting gronkish, gronkish fucking bullshit. Like, just fucking idiotic shit. But, credit where it's due, they don't block you. Because <laughs> let me tell you, 
every tweet that I said about <laughs> Robert Louis, I made sure I sent it directly to the West, the, to the North Queensland Cowboys as well. And I'm um, still not blocked at this stage. There you go. So uh, yeah, yeah, I'll give him credit for having a thick skin. Um, where They're are from we? Townsville, mate. Skin's like leather up there. Yeah. Just saying. And what have we got here? Uh, Mugo eight again. Breaking news: Louis dislocated kneecap. Hope his missus puts a Billy Slater flying special on it as he comes through the door. Hash dog. Jesus. Mup twenty. Mup twenty three. Looks like the hole. And he tweeted this to at North Queensland Cowboys squad. Got on the cruises before the game. They're beating these women senseless. There's a real theme. Yeah. At Aussie one 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 nine eight. Glad to see all those years of kicking his misses like a soccer ball is finally taking a toll on Louis's knee. Hash fuckhead. Hash Dugan's bitch. <laughs> I don't know. Super, Super Grover 8. Penrith take the Grandma Award this round. They tried really hard and she's still proud of them until she sobers up from the gin. At Mr. Bowles. Third time I've seen my team scoreless over 80 minutes in the last two seasons. Abject, disgusting, take your pick. Probably not the last time you'll say that. Exactly. At DJ X Plane. The football gods strike out Louie with injury because the North Queensland Cowboys are too fucking ignorant to do it themselves. And when I say at North Queensland Cow, he tweeted it to their account, which is great. And Shunter86. It's a fucking PR disaster. Yeah, what I were just, they thinking? I, and, and, for the, and for guys like Fox Health, I heard, I heard um, that I didn't listen to the Triple M t- uh, telecast to, to back this up, but I heard that uh, Dan Ganae said that he was going to be uh, not call, not calling his name as, as Robert Louis once during the whole game. He was going to call him Wife Beater or Wife Bash or something like that in the, in the commentary. <laughs> Wow. So um, if someone actually I'm liking it, that guy. I'd like to get uh, him on the show and have a chat with him. Yeah. I think we'd get him like a house on fire. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Shanta86 said, uh, my back is broken and I'm well and truly humbled. Cows and that piece of shit jabroni Louis ruined my weekend. <laughs> Hash bring on WrestleMania. Next. The South Sydney Rabbitohs 24 defeated the New Zealand Warriors 22 over there at Mount Smart Stadium in Auckland. The Rabideau's points came from tries to Nathan Merritt, Greg Inglis, Bryson Goodwin, George Burgess, Adam Reynolds, perfect from the boot, four conversions from four attempts. New Zealand Warriors, 18 points came from tries to Ben Matulino. Matulino. Gani Lamape, Conrad Hurrell, Peter Godnett, and Sean Johnson, one from four. So goal kicking was most certainly the difference on the day. Now this one, Rabideau's... They won by two, you dickhead. The Rabbitohs. What are you, a math genius? Yeah, something like that. The Rabbitohs, um, yeah, they've been rolling along and they're, they're undefeated and you know, people are, are talking them up a little bit, but they came very fucking close to losing this game. They did. They found a way to win. Close. They had to come from behind, though. Mm-hmm. Um, was one point I wanted to make was that they're winning games uh, when other teams are desperate, such as the Warriors. There was a lot of criticism coming their way. Elliot was under a bit of fire. Um, and, and South probably knew that the Warriors were going to come out with a, a very um, much improved performance on some of their recent outings. And I, I don't think the Rabbitohs are anywhere near their best, but they're still managing to win games. Yep. Uh, it's a good good sign for them, and it's probably a credit to the way that they're coached as they can you know, deal with adversity and probably deal when things aren't really clicking for them to and still find a way to grind out wins like they did in this game. Um Warriors produced a much better effort, as I said, but ultimately the con- the losses are continuing to rack up for them, um, which is probably only going to lead to some knee-jerk and, and over-and-reactionary type uh, decisions from Elliot in the coming weeks, which is probably going to make things worse. Well, That's you my know, humble opinion. Elliot making decisions, that'd be a fucking start, wouldn't it, for him, <laughs> honestly? 
And, you know, the, yeah, we can talk about how bad their season's been, but, you know, it's no worse than the Tigers or, or the Doggies at this point. Well, the Tigers, you know, given that the talent in the roster and the fact that everyone knows they're going to turn it around and be a force to be reckoned with in the competition, um, <laughs> albeit, you know, there is a slight chance at this stage of the season they won't go undefeated. Um, but, you know, the Warriors, what have they got? Grand finalists two seasons ago. Yeah. Zero. I mean, and it's clearly after, you know, that grand final took their soul. You know, they obviously they, they thought they'd have a chance. It was their best chance they'd have with their squad. The squad was actually on the up back then, remember? That's and true. That's about In two as seasons, up. they've gone from hungy to dungy. Yeah, that's about as up as it's going to get, boys. Mm. And, uh, you know, speaking of, you know, as up as it's going to get, we got one tweet for this game. One fucking tweet. That's it's all it deserved. It wasn't even like we had one good tweet that I had to... Um, was it a fucking Rabbitohs fan? No. Manly fan. Tad Pike from Bunfuck, Idaho, was it? DJ X-Plane. He's a Manly fan who I met at the uh, Broncos Manly game. And he said, uh, someone needs to tell Sean Johnson you don't get fantasy points for jinking and sidestepping. Well, you there, give Benji Marshall that memo. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and perhaps add to it, you know, passing to the ground. Yeah, <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> uh, missed goal kicks, etc. Now, next game. St. George Illawarra Dragons, 19. Upset. The Newcastle Knights, 16. The points. Brent Morris... Jason Nightingale, Tyson Frizzell got tries. Jamie Soward, he got a field goal. He got two or three uh, conversions, and he got one penalty goal as well. So a strange night. And, uh, and the field goal, of course, was a Jamie Soward special. I mean, giving him a 9-0 scoreline going into the halftime break. The Knights, their 16 points came from tries to Fluffy, Darius Boyd, Tamana Tahu, and the Uate Pate, and Gidley was two from three on the conversions. If we're honest with ourselves... I think we have to say the Knights really should knock teams like the Dragons off fairly easily. Um, they should be better coached. They should have a more talented roster. Um, and they should deal with them without any problems whatsoever. But they managed to be off their game just enough um, for the Dragons to you know, come out and be fairly gritty um, and make Steve Price say that he was pretty proud of their effort. Um, but I don't think they were that great. They were great for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like for them, you know, they were. You, you they put were great. their best against it, you know, the Knights even being a couple of pegs off their best, they, the Knights still win. As far as I'm concerned. Mm. Oh, but yeah. Well, you, yeah, you'd think so. Yeah. My point is the Knights just can't consistently play to their potential. Um, and it was a trademark of the Dragon sides during the Bennett era. That week in, week out, you knew exactly what you were going to get. And sure, it was boring. And sure, it made you want to scoop your eyeballs out with a fucking teaspoon. And feed it to your cat named Ben Cray. But it was effective. And it won them a competition. So they'd do Can well I, to fucking listen. When you think get a little back, bit though, more consistent about their performance. With history, you know, the, the, the years that have gone past afterwards, I find it fucking mystifying that they won. <laughs> you know, that they're actually that... that yeah, good. Remember how they're fucking like so dominant, like you know, yeah, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Uh, now looking back, I was like, I can't fucking believe it. Their decline's been so rapid and so and, and so so deep that it's just. Yeah. It's about to continue. Yeah. Um, is is does Jamie Seward get bonuses for field goals? He must. What the? Well, either that or he's just you know putting the house on supercoat or putting the house on, you know, getting a field goal down at TAB. It'd be paying a dollar a dollar and one at this stage. I don't 
don't know if he's... I, I, the, the reasoning behind kicking some of them, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Not that I expect Jamie Sow to make a lot of sense in his decisions because he's a frail, mentally frail individual. Um, or do you think it's just like, you know, there's you know there's nothing doing as far as, you know, attack at the moment. I'm open. I can bang it over. Might give the team a bit of a lift mentally. They've gone into the halftime break. You know, bang. Take the one. Yeah. Because, well, yeah, Benji, Benji it does it too. Not as much, but I mean, Benji's, Benji's known for it as well. He'll do the halftime one-pointer. The halftime one? Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that. You can have your halftime ones. All right. So you Jamie Seattle's kicking other opportunities. Yeah. There you can Cause, be. Cause Benji Marshall and Jamie Seattle fucking got a good mind to walk out. Okay, Benji Marshall's having a sensational year. I'll fucking lie to you. Drug bills. Injury <laughs> gives the Dragons one less attacking option that they could ill afford to lose. Um, obviously... It's going to call for a reshuffle in their back one. Nightingale goes to fullback. Nightingale goes to fullback until and, such and, time as Dugan is purchased and started. Exactly. And you may yeah, you laugh. That's good. That's that'll be sooner rather well, than later. Especially, I think Dugan like I think the whole balance does give of power, them added you know added motivation to do something about the deal. Well, uh, yeah, and I think yeah, exactly. I think you know now it puts the it puts the balance of power into his hands mm. where, where previously Saint George were pretty much his only option in Australia. And, but they had all the power because they didn't have to go along with it. But now, sure. they've kind of got themselves in a situation where it kind of needs to happen. Okay, you got anything else to say about the game itself? No, sir. Okay, Mr. Underscore Wars. I'd go as far as saying that I'd rather watch my father put foreign objects in my mother than watch any more of the Dragons versus Newcastle game. <laughs> you can, I don't think we should read out another fucking tweet. That That is magnificent. <laughs> Make me a sandwich. Seriously, does Soward have any other talent besides kicking field goals? He must take advantage of his only usefulness, if that. At Devonhead, Soward the fullback might be just the revelation of the season. Settle oh, fuck down, off, Trotters. Mate. At Aussie one 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 nine eight. Don't tweet us if that's the bullshit you're going to come up with. Yeah, we don't. This is not a show about biased fucking one-eyed shit about your team, mate. Fucking come on, this is about rugby league, motherfucker. As if, unless he means Jamie Soward's moving. Full back, as in like a long way back to the point where he can't go any further, and he's sitting in the fucking stands with the gronkish fan base. Not to fucking you know categorise, but he's in the fucking ocean. Some, <laughs> some cockhead fans. Yeah. Trotters. Aussie one 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 nine eight. It's now Steve Price three, Wayne Bennett nil. Wayne will forever be known as Steve Price's bitch. And I think that is super, that is super interesting considering mm. how badly Steve Price has gone. It's probably the only three games he's ever fucking won as coach. <laughs> and they all have to be over Bennett. He's got Wayne Bennett's number. And he's got a hash Wayne in decline. Hash Darius is a bitch. So the Dragon fans, gee, they like to sing when they're winning. At Mr. Bowles. Wayne Bennett sucks the life and enjoyment out of rugby league. Hash soulless cunt. Hash. <laughs> <laughs> A Penrith fan just launched out, fucking just launched out of uh, off camera. We didn't even see him coming in, and exactly. bam! Uh, and finally, at DJ X Plane, injury to Louis' pregnant wife kicking knee, then to Beal's lockier face breaking knee. <laughs> Calm as a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding. Moving right along, Sunday night football. The Canberra Raiders twenty-four defeated the Sydney Roosters twenty-two. Incredible, sixteen nil down at halftime uh, to the Roosters, and the points went as follows: tries to Edric Lee, Jared Croker, Sam Williams, 
Shandor Earl. Conversions, four from four from Jared Croker, including the go-ahead kick. And Jared that was, that Croker was setting it up. kicked a winning goal. They were setting it up like, you know, a replay of the Tigers game where he's going to yeah. choke and all that sort of thing. Uh, the Roosters, they're 22. Did he start crying? He's always Before got tears. He he's always got tears in his he eyes. He always look like a whiny little sap. He always has tears in his eyes. I don't know. It's it's. I don't know what it is. Maybe he's like light sensitive. I, I don't know. But he's maybe he's just a, a little bitch. I don't know. Too many cones at half time. James Maloney, Michael Oldfield, Mitch Orbison, Anthony Minicello got the tries. Uh, conversions, three or four from James Maloney. So Sunny Bill Magic almost had the Roosters home. Um, they ran out to a good lead, but unfortunately. Not really sure what, you know, what the instigator was to them, you know, allowing the Raiders back into the game initially and then just getting ran over the top of. I think it was the half-time break. Yeah, maybe it did. Sometimes you see teams where half-time sucks out the momentum and, and the opposing team, you know, despite having given up a, you know, a generous lead, often comes back and, you know, I mean, the Tigers have done it plenty of times. They've made a real habit out of it. It's like their trademark. Um... Still shocked that Jared Croker kicked a winning goal, um, as we mentioned. But much like the Knights, this was a game that the Roosters really should have eaten up as well. And they've let a chance go by to um, really build on the momentum that they themselves were building this um, this season. And, and it's back to the drawing board for them. Yep, I agree. And um, I mean, the Roosters, they were almost racing the clock, I think, at the start there. That 16-0 lead... Yep. I mean, I think they amassed that, you know, in the first quarter of an hour or so of the actual game. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that, and that's so over the course of the rest of the game. I think Canberra did they complete all their sets in the second half? I think that they was, were pretty, it was pretty much near perfect performance, if not perfect performance, at the end of the game in the second half. So, Mr. Bowles, this is the first couple of tweets I put here as basically just you know to laugh at the people that tweeted them at Mr. Bowles. Canberra fans may as well cut the crap and go with hash sack Canberra. Your club is atrocious. Wow. That was before the comeback. At Freak09, Steve said, uh, are Canberra the only team in the NRL who are as shit on the field as they are on paper? And he was sending, he was trying to troll Troy's underscore 79 with that one. <laughs> then uh, then we've got uh, QLD underscore Cockroach, who I think is a new, it may, I think is a new handle on an old tweeter. But he said, uh, a classic quote from Icon: the Raiders have 13 of 24 completions. That's how you win games. Jesus. Hash, get that fucker off my screen. And to his credit, at Fox NRL. So well, well done, done, son. I love the guys that are going to man up and tweet straight to the people. Like I think I sent, I think I sent Robert Louis a tweet actually before that Cowboys game, and said, "Um, just remember, mate, it's only a game. If you lose, don't go and kick shit out of your wife." Right? Wow. <laughs> and uh, big ups to Cam Savage for giving me his Twitter account. GT three fifty one underscore Johns. Congrats to the Raiders beating that team that shall not be named. Sucked in Cox and SBW, waiting to see what injury SBW fakes. And he was doing the cannery thing of, you know, dollar sign SBW. Yeah, yeah. Mike underscore existence. So here I was thinking of a comedic tweet to soften the blow of another loss, and then bam, comeback. Hash the dirt is gone. <laughs> and uh, Troy underscore 79. What a second half by the Raiders. The game turned when McCrone went to hooker, and now he has to stay there. And that's interesting, because he may have to stay there, because... Uh, Buttress is injured, so that's fine. Yep. Um, he and Katzer is coming back, so he's he doesn't really to make he, way. Yeah, he has to make way for Katzer anyway. So it may be, it may be the future, and like the, they actually went well. So, you know, why not stick with it? See if it, you know, 
works for another week. I mean, well, I mean, at the end of the day, it gives him another creative option. Yeah. Albeit it is Josh McCrone, but... Yeah, exactly. And uh, my favourite tweet from this game, and possibly of the week, at Campo37. The wonderful moment when the Raiders OMG all over SBW's face, neck and chest, and then don't call him in the morning. <laughs> that, 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 that took you into some sexy places then. You know, I saw you shut your eyes. <laughs> It was from blood loss, quite it's... frankly. <laughs> Melbourne, 26, defeated the West Tigers, 12, down there in Melbourne. And uh, strange old game, this. Uh, Melbourne, their 26 points came from tries to Vave, Mahefanua, Cooper, Kronk, Sisawara. Conversions, 4-4 four four from Cam Smith and a penalty goal to Widdop uh, after they took Cam Smith off towards the end of the game. West Tigers, 12 points came from tries to Hot Sauce and Benji. Anasta was one from two on the conversions. Goal-kicking genius. And he got a penalty. Courageous performance from a side for still finding its feet this season. Um, <laughs> Tigers stuck with the storm. Um, and if not for, you know, some pretty ordinary refereeing decisions, probably would have got over the top of the Premiers um, and dominated them like I knew they would. Um, unfortunately, things didn't quite go the way that I'd planned um, and, and didn't go the Tigers' way. How can you fucking sit there and stay that, say that shit with a straight face? <laughs> so I believe every word of it, my friend. Undefeated um, asterisk indeed. <laughs> I think uh, the Robbie the Robbie Farrow penalty on Slater, it, it was probably a turning point of the game. I think Robbie dropped his lip a little bit there and, and the leadership qualities that the side looks to him for were, weren't there and, and they sort of hung their heads and the storm were away from them before they knew what was happening. Um you know, Tedesco looks the goods. I noticed a few people tweeting about his uh, his moniker that we've given him too of Hot Sauce because it rhymes with Tabasco. I mean, it's a bit of it's a long bow to draw, but we do that here. Oh, Tedesco, um, Tabasco. I mean, it's not that fucking long. I mean, yeah, like it's Some it's people. not the most obscure it's not the most obscure nickname we've ever given a player. No, we've got no, nicknames, we've got nicknames for players that have zero fucking connection to them whatsoever. Namely, the number one nickname, the Ottoman. Yeah, that is essentially true. has fucking nothing to do. But it is with the most Joe magnificent Rumbo. nickname ever yeah, doled out. Yeah, um, yeah. I really think Robbie needed to show better leadership for a side, um, you know, begging, begging to be shoved over the hump and, and, you know, ready to dominate the NRL like I know they can. Um, Storm probably lucky to get away with it in the end. A uh, couple of tries um, off the back of some dubious penalties, and you know, Tigers will uh, pick themselves up, dust themselves off, and. Uh, I'm not sure who they got this week, but they'll be cannon fodder for sure. And people talk about the discipline of the West Tigers, but I think it was an ax- it was a calculated manoeuvre to purposely slow down and push the referee's patience. And they got away with it for like perfect 60... coaching from Potter. They got away with it for like sixty. He's a genius. Well, they got away with it for sixty minutes. The problem is they were just so entrenched into into doing what they were doing that when the referee started handing out the final warnings and then penalising them. They still didn't learn, and so they got smashed by penalties at the late, you know, later half of the game, later stages of the game, last twenty minutes, say, and you know the storm allowed the storm to run away with a, a thirteen plus um, win, which is fantastic for people who have multis on the games at storm thirteen plus. So we'll go to the tweets. Jeremy underscore Jack zero one. Gaznier and Shervo are saying the matchup of the game is Slater versus Maltzen. Has Slater got a broken leg or something? <laughs> Berkeley underscore Eagle. West Tigers, hash, discipline in decline, hash, attack in decline, hash, defense in decline, hash, Tigers in decline. It's all part of the plan. 
Yeah, like last year. Why has it got to stick solid? At Gotta Love Keefe. A lot of balls shown by the boys tonight. Slowed him down, but faded after 60. I haven't lost faith, but T. Blair is letting us down. You want to talk about T. Red? T. Blair has got to be the worst fucking laziest. <laughs> He's just misunderstood. Um, you know, no, anyone, no, I'm not saying about the player himself. Anyone comparing Adam Blair to T. Rex, is, he clearly knows nothing about rugby league. That's all I'm saying. Anyone who's declaring Adam Blair to T. Rex, fucking spot on. Keep it up. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's so true. Tiger underscore Benji. Tigers did rugby league a favour tonight. A win meant Souths outright first and no one wants to see that. Amen, brother. That is very true. At Rob Moore V1. How similar are the two Tigers? Both Wests and Castleford, two teams reliant on their hookers with a similar 5-8. Both hash Tigers in decline. Don't even tweet us again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the Chapo, the final word, and I and and love it too. Molson has no place at fullback or on the rugby league. Hash <laughs> hot sauce to fullback, which I think you, you've been, you know, you thought that would happen at the start of the year. What's well, his rifle position? Um, I think he offers more in attack than Molson by way of his speed. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, if, if Jacob Miller's not going to get a consistent run at halfback, I'm not, and especially with Benji's injury, I'm not adverse to Molson playing a bit of half. If yeah. he must be in this fucking side, like people seem determined to have him there. And Hot Sauce is definitely uh, not a winger after the way that uh, the, the Wolfman molested him two it's weeks ago. Got a beautiful try, like good wingers do. Not against Manly, he didn't. Let two in, though. So he's, he's clawing back the four and against on his career. Previews, we kick off with a grudge match for Friday night football. The Sydney Roosters take on the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs at Allianz Stadium. So it's going to be a Roosters home game, but we know how Roosters fans goes. I mean, home game, home game. So, this one. It's the one we've been waiting for. Sonny Bill Williams after five long years. Time for him to OMG all over the doggies and, you know... It couldn't. Have, it could. This game couldn't come at a worse time for the doggies. I think they're already down. You know, they're at their lowest point this season. They've just been smashed by you know the greatest side ever to lace up boots. The Roosters are going to be up for this game, big time. Sunny Bill's going to be up for this game. It's not on doggies' territory, you know. So I imagine they're going to feel real comfortable going into the game, knowing that you know, you know, uh, flares and knives and stuff like that aren't going to be you know brandished. Um, you know they'll, they'll feel comfortable walking out of the stadium after the game with a win. They won't tank it just to leave with their lives. And it, it, it's hard to think that the Bulldogs are going to be as up for the game as the Roosters. The Roosters are probably going to feed off Sonny Bill, his adrenaline, and 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 they feed off the Bulldogs fans. Like the hate comes from the Bulldogs fans. That's true. But really, how many of the Bulldogs? Zero. Yeah, zero. Not a single one played in the Sonny Bill era. Exactly. Yeah. So, so the players themselves, they not gonna. Yeah, that's they they've, fuck. they've been talking it down through the week, saying, you know, fans, say just fucking, just just fucking relax, guys, settle fuck down. Yeah. We're not gonna, you know. I don't want the roosters to unleash the beast. Yeah, same. I want the roosters to smash them. Fifty nil would be amazing. I think the roosters will get there purely that they've got the the greater motivation factor. Yeah, I mean the doggies as a club have a powerful motivation, but as you said, you know, none of the players play with him. Uh, you know, and the doggies, you know, they've got their problems with injuries and stuff like that. They've got their problems with, you know, internal unity. Uh, you know, they've got problem, problems with keeping their hands off each other's wives. So, you know, on paper, they're still, they're still good. You know, 
Ben Barber, I mean, I'd like to say he's improving, but I mean, you wouldn't have even known he played last week. So, um, you know, he, he can be contained and obviously... He's brown, you know, I mean, yeah. luminary. Yeah, and, and once again, I mean, I said it during and after the grand final last year, I've probably said it a thousand times, I'll say it again. You ain't going to win shit with Chris Keating as your halfback. I mean, you imagine how good they'd I be... I fucking said that in the first podcast imagine, of last season. Imagine how good they'd be... At the later end of the season, at the latter end of last season, when they were on a roll, if they had a proper halfback. Exactly. <laughs> Incredible. T- yeah, and, and Another man is always pointing in two different directions. What the fuck is that? <sighs> Rangers. So, well, I guess Luke Patton's not a Ranger, though. He's just, you know, maybe he's half. Um, so, yeah, I think the Roosters got this one. Uh, hopefully, it is a really emotional game, because I like to see, you know, like a hard contest with, you know, two teams that are right up for it. And, you know, this, these two guys have got as good a reason as any to fucking hook in. You know, they get a bit of spite in there, you know. Exactly. A bit of extra action in tackles. I think the fans care Push more than anyone else, probably including Sonny Bill. Yeah. Okay, also on Friday night, we have the Brisbane Broncos versus the North Queensland Cowboys. So it is the uh, Queensland Derby, two weeks in a row. Now this one. Be a big crowd out there at Suncorp. Cowboys, uh, are you going to it? Yeah. Cowboys coming off a big win. Broncos coming off a big win. Cowboys have been a very hyped side but haven't probably performed as well as they would expect it in the first uh, five weeks of the competition. I'm going to have to say that I think at home, I think the Broncos might get over the top of the Cowboys. I think Cowboys were good against some pretty ordinary opposition last week, but uh, the Broncos will be buoyed by their win against the Titans and, and looking forward to getting back home in front of a big crowd and, um, and showing the Cowboys who big brother is. It's a couple of things in the Cowboys' favour. They don't have Louie. Morgan's just signed a, a new contract, so he'll be up for it. Um, Thurston's always up for the always up for the derbies, and an important fact is that uh, you look at the Cowboys bench, and there's a very important name there, as in A. Sims, number eighteen, mm. not on the field. And I think if Ashton Sims doesn't get on the field, the Cowboys have a very good chance of winning this game. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I mean the cow- the Cowboys, they, they've you know they're big boys. Are back and playing well. I uh, saw an article with uh, with James Tamau through the week saying that he thinks that you know he's he's down form earlier in the season is going to be you know putting into his uh, you know Origin or you know Australian selections sure. and so you know he's got a lot to play for and especially um, you know when you're talking about Origin calculations he's and stuff like that. Come good last last week. But yeah, but I mean, and when it comes to like Origin calculations. Games against the Broncos and games against the Storm are games that, you know, put you in, in good stead for, you know, selection because they're kind of like, you know, Queenslandish sides. They have, you know, large nucleus of the Queensland side. Exactly. So if he's going to do it, he's got to do it this week. And if he does, you know, it'll, it'll put him on the way, you know, a long way towards uh, winning the game. I mean, I think they're a better side, but they just haven't been travelling that well. And, yeah, the form line, you know, 30 nil over Penrith, you know, who hasn't? Who wouldn't? Even know, Tigers but, have done that. Come on. Yeah, Manly. Nothing, nothing to go by. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, uh, I'm, I'm jury's out on the on the, uh, on the the result for me at the moment. Uh, when I sit down and do my tips, I'll, I'll probably this that's the game I'll probably go back and forward on a little bit. I think. Okay, next on Saturday, five thirty p.m. game: Newcastle Knights taking on the Penrith Panthers at home. Newcastle not too bad at home actually, Hunter this year. Sure. Um, Penrith they have Panthers. Had some good, good performances there. Will can the Pan, can the Panthers you know bounce back due to. You know that just that that vicious bounce back factor you get when you criticise so much. Um, the the problem is, and this is something that I haven't really observed myself, but I observe team list days and I observe the reactions of the the people on Twitter that follow Penrith that I follow, sure. and universally it's 
exasperation, like, why the fuck did you pick that team again? You know, you're not changing anything. How's anything going to improve? You're not changing anything, so on and so on. Dean Fari, not, not a fullback. Filled in admirably, admirably at Manly for when Brett Stewart was injured, but uh, guess what? It's not Manly anymore, son. Yeah. Nightmare. I, just, I don't think that the Panthers get the same impact through the forwards that Manly would have got, which he probably took advantage of from fullback during his time where he was filling in there. Um, they've got Nigel Plum at prop. I, yeah. I don't really agree with that. He's very, very much a back rower at best. And Tim Grant. Size. Great defender, but he's not offering much as far as uh, uh, metres from prop. Tim Grant, origin player. Yeah. You know, had a, a blockbusting year last year, really put himself on the map. And now he's pretty much one bad game from getting fucked off the resis. Exactly. And it's one thing I'll give Cleary. He's not afraid to drop players. Um, one player for Penrith I am impressed with is Adam Docker. Yep. Kid can hit. Yep. And he can... He's strong charges. Yep. Not afraid to get dirty in defence. Uh, he's very impressive in the games that I've watched. Um, him play for Penrith this, so far this season. I'm always, I, I'm always impressed. I can't go past the Knights, really. Knights are going to win this easily. But also, I just wanted to mention, like Mansour, he's been going. He's been always playing a lone hand. Yeah. In these Penrith games, from the wing, which is saying something. Why, why, I don't understand why he's on the wing. I mean, why wouldn't you put him at fullback and get the ball in his hands a bit? Yeah. You know, a bit more. I don't understand the decision because Dean Faro, he's shown positionally he he's winger. not great. Yeah, he's shown positionally he can't. He's not really up to fullback. You know, and maybe does that mean that the side's not that great? And you know, he's not getting the support. On you know on kick returns and on you know yeah. you know diffusing bombs and that sort of thing. And Blake Austin, I think he he performed admirably last week, but I still think Luke Walsh's kicking game is is a an asset to the Panthers that they could really do with. And he's massively out of favour, but he did have a really really shit game though that you know did, to deserve yeah. being dropped. Okay, next move along to Saturday seven thirty p.m. down there at the Bruce Stadium, the Canberra Raiders taking on the New Zealand Warriors. Canberra, the return of Cats here. Warriors playing away from home. Warriors do have uh, you know, guys like Rapira, Russell Packer, you know, Lilliman, and Madalino all playing. I think this is the first game of the season where all four of those guys are inside. Okay. So all the big guys. So, you know, will that give them more go forward? Will that make life easier for um, for Sean Johnson and Lillawai? I guess we'll find out. But, yeah. you know, given their form well, at the moment. I think the Raiders at home. Uh, See, I I'm really loath. Yeah, I'm loath to tip the Raiders because they've been, you know, fucking nightmarishly terrible for a lot of this season as well. Yeah. But, yeah. I'm going to go the Raiders uh, purely for the Campo factor. Yep. And because he promised that he would be 100% uh, five, in five minutes, minutes. Yep. Okay, next we have another 7.30 p.m. Saturday night game. South Sydney Rabbitohs taking on the Melbourne Storm at Sydney Olympic Park. And this one is the top of the table clash. Two undefeated sides. Uh, and Two you know, teams enter, one team leaves. Yeah, and despite the fact that they're both undefeated, you know, it's it's hard when you look through their form lines because the Rabbitohs have, you know, they made, they had reasonably tough work against the Dogs for most of that game and only be getting away with it at the end. The Storm, you know, terrible second half. Pushed all the, the way by the Tigers. Um, you know, it, a courageous Tigers performance. Yep. Uh, push, push the Storm to the very brink of defeat. Uh, they were good enough to get over them, but I don't think they'll be good enough to get over the Rabbitohs, and I think the Rabbitohs will make a real statement, um, and there'll be a little bit of a changing of the guard, I think, in this game. I think the Rabbitohs are going to show everyone just how good they are. 
Yeah, I don't think that's necessarily the case. I mean, this is a game that Storm will be well, motivated for. You disagree this with. is a team that, uh, well, I mean, I don't disagree with you. You know, much except on the prospects of the West Tigers, and you and you and your opinions of, uh, you know, Manly, you know, great side lace up boots as we've established. Um, you know, rabbits. The, the rabbits have have lapses in them. Uh, I think you know it's going to be a, a tough battle early on in the piece. You know, tough battle for the first half. But I think you know the experience of the Storm. I mean, defence of the Storm. If they've had lapses over the last couple of weeks, and let's face it, they were you know pushed around and you know frustrated by the Tigers on Monday night, and they still only gave up Man twelve points. Some would say bullied. Yeah, and they only gave up, and they, and they the still Tigers. won thirteen plus. So and and you know so I think I think that the the Storm will win. I think the Storm have got the uh, defence to defuse anything the Rabbits. Or, you know, not anything, but you know enough of what the Rabbits are at them. And also, I'm still not a believer of the Rabbits. No, you never Probably, will be. Because no, you're be, such a repugnant fool. Well, they they're just not as they they're not one hundred percent impressive. All you know, all the time they've they've scraped out some luck like last week on a lucky a lucky win against the Warriors, who are one of the shittiest teams in the comp this year. You know, so their form lines aren't like they're fucking pristine and you know as well. So I think the Storm just because you know the experience of Storm been there, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Amen. And speaking of Amen. Manly Warringah Seagulls, the mighty Manly Seagulls, taking on the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks at Fortress Brookvale Oval, 2pm on Sunday afternoon. Beautiful time for a game. And this one will be for, um, what is it, Steve Rogers they play for, isn't it, the cup uh, between these two sides? And, uh, yeah. Silverware on offer. Apparently Cronulla can't win. Um, and even if there was no silverware on offer, I think Manly would still get away with it. I think it would be too good for the Sharks. Cronulla couldn't win this game if there was full immunity from peptide prosecutions on offer for everyone that's ever worn, that, worn the Sharkies jersey. Uh, Manly decided very stable this year at the moment. And you look at the bench and you look at the, the, you know, the run-on side and you think, you know, fucking magnificent specimens, amazing football side, almost unbeatable. But where, where does, where does, who makes way for Glenn Stewart? Well, you'd assume it. I mean, he has to come in at the expense of Simons, but then who makes way on the he bench? He hasn't been named on the bench. No, no, not this game. But I oh, mean, like, okay. you know, I think in, in maybe two weeks. It'd be fucking horror off, surely. All that, <sighs> yeah. T red or tread, See, which is probably I mean, fitting because pos- he's going to get run over the top of. I mean, by positionally, Gallen. positionally, you'd say it, it'd be um, it'd be Simons. But, you know, do they swap with Horro? Tough decisions. I mean, it's great, great problem for uh, Tuvi to have. Uh, you know, embarrassment of riches in the side this year. Incredible athletes and amazing players. Sharks. Mainly by five. Why five? How do you get five? Because Jamie Lyon will miss a goal. I'll yeah, lead okay. by a field goal and then at the end of the game they'll run in some bullshit try which is probably obstruction but the ref will give it because Manly are a protected fucking species by the referees. How can you say that shit with a straight fucking face, man? Come on. Manly are the least protected side. That's what side. I'm trying to do. Fuck me drunk. All right. So, uh, yeah, Gallon, sensational. The uh, Wade Graham, pretty good. Luke Lewis. Oh, for rep- fuck's sake, are we going to go through every player comparison? No, no, not every player comparison. You think Manly's going to win? I think Manly's going to win. Let's go. 13 plus and probably to nil. Okay, next game. What do we got here? West Tigers taking on St. George Illawarra Dragons. This one is going to be the Tom Waterhouse game. 50 nil. To the Dragons. Matt Chechen and Luke Are Phil. you fucking seriously going to tip the Dragons over the Tigers? Fucking oath. You're a disgrace. Let me count the ways. One. Tim Moulton in the side. Two. Tedesco on the wing. Three. 
Benji Marshall out. Well, that's what they're saying. He's been named in the side. Yeah, but he was named in the side yesterday and he was named to be, as being out for a couple of weeks today. Remember, we were recording the show a day later than usual, so it's not like the team list has just come out. Um, so, yeah, I'd, honestly... I was so immersed in my team list, I forgot it was Wednesday. How dare I? Adam Blair in the side. Where he belongs to take up his rifle position along the uh, on the mantelpiece alongside the greats of of the Bowmain Tigers and West Suburb Western Suburbs Magpies. And they're starting guys like Bo- they're starting the they're starting venture. guys like Bodine Thompson in the side. They have to start Jack Buchanan in the side because their forwards have been so mangled. Jack Buchanan's been a revelation. For, he's for he's the been West Tigers. he's been good and he's been good for my fantasy yeah, side as well. He's not playing. He's out injured. Uh, suspended. Yeah, suspended. So okay. So who comes in there then? Ah, uh, no doubt. No doubt, uh, Benny Murdoch. And who comes onto the bench? Um, probably, oh no, he's already there. Not sure. They can't even feel a fucking full complement of 17. They're going to lose this game. Brown Dragons. 16 players to get over the top of the Dragons. This is uh, Heritage Round. This game's being played at the SCG, and the Tigers will run out in a, uh, a Magpies Heritage Strip, which I'll uh, be looking forward to purchasing one of later in the year. Have you seen the strip? Yes. What's it look like? Is it, is it like a V strip, or is it... I haven't seen it. It's like a V, but it's got some hoopy-looking things on it as well. Looks magnificent. Dragons, no answer. It sounds like a mangy mismatch. Tigers hybrid. by 30. Yeah, the Tigers Next. The Tigers only score 30 points, and, you know, the Dragons are on a roll. They'll probably win this one, and probably comfortably. Next... 6.30, Sunday Night Football, which, once again, I'm loving Sunday Night Football. Gold Coast Titans taking on the Parramatta Eels at Skilled Park, Rabina. This one is a replay of the infamous Spoonapalooza from two seasons ago that we <laughs> had a, a, a tremendous time a tremendous time out with uh, you know members of the uh, Twill Nation family. Okay, Titans, big setback, big setback. A heavy loss, 20-point defeat at home. Uh, you know, blew away that illusion that they had that their home home games meant something to them. Um, they had a big crowd. Was it mostly Broncos fans? Will they be able to get a similar crowd back? <sighs> so many questions. The Eels had a tough win. A tough win. But can they, uh, you know, stand up? So I guess the Titans, their defense is, is still, you know... I think well. the Titans were okay. They just got blown away by the Broncos in the second half. Um, Albert Kelly be... may not play and I think if that happens I'm tipping the Eels yeah it, 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 that's very similar to my own view on this game I think if if Kelly does play then the Titans will win but if he doesn't and this is an indication of how important a young um, the young halfback is to the Titans given his influence so far this season I think if he doesn't play then he probably swings the, the pendulum back into the favour of the Eels um, and they'll run away with it so interesting to see if Kelly actually plays um, if he does, I'll stick with the Titans. If not, I'll have to change to the Eels. And uh, just and just like Mark Minicello's in the squad as well, so there's another liability. Um, Steve Michaels on the starting side, number three liability. And uh, and like Albert Kelly, um, he, if he was out, he'd be a big loss. But not just you know, not for the sake of Albert Kelly, but because it would be in conjunction with Caesar being out as well. Exactly. You take both those out, and you know you get what you got last week, I think. So I kind of I guess we'll sort of see how injuries go leading up to the game. But if Kelly's out, I'd be, you know, reluctant to tip the Titans. Sure. Uh, 
That is full time for episode 115. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. We're on Facebook, as you all know, facebook.com forward slash this week in league. And so make sure you hit the like button and you know, share our posts around and all that sort of stuff. Spread the word. It's all good. iTunes, no new reviews this week, so hang your heads in shame. Tipping. How dare you? Yeah. Tipping wasn't a great week um, for most people. There was a lot of threes and a lot of fours and a lot of fives. I got four. The real Jedi, though, he got seven. Jesus. Unbelievable. I'd say it's probably the East versus Canberra game that knocked him over, but fucking, there's a few gambles that, you know, came off for him that week, but he's uh, now 30 point, 34 points in number one position, four points clear Jesus. of second place, which is a fucking significant... Someone rigged the comp so he loses. I can't uh, have him winning. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and so then we've got Michael Darren, 79, uh, Devon Head, Boxcar Jason, Williams, 277, Lanier, Desi's Ducks, Voodoo Rock, Shell Getters, all on 30 points. Um, so that's the first place is in 34, second through 10 are on 30, and uh, on one point back, sorry, two points back. How am I looking? Uh, 84. You are in 111th position, 16 points off the top of the table, and uh, you are 12 points off the top 10. But you're only fourth last. M Dog, he's on the same as you, but he's in, thir- he's in third last. Uh, someone by the name of Hugh is second last, and M51 Avoider, David Lawson, is dead, stone cold, motherless last. That sucks. And just shout out to Dave Mack, 104th. Wow. Yep. Okay, fantasy. Uh, the group, the big uh, giant group comp we've got. Um, Dane Laurie for PM, once again, maintains first position. That is a magnificent name. It is, it is. And we've got Tooves Super Dudes in second. Schultz Dentistry in third, Burke's Eagles, uh, Mighty Bulldogs, and that wraps out the uh, the top five. So uh, I am fifteenth, and that I am three hundred about three hundred points behind first. So that's not too bad, really. In Super Coach, you can make that up in a week. But um, yeah, get in there now. Um, and of course, you've got you've got Berkeley Eagle, you've got John there cheating his ass off with his teams, Burke's Burke's Eagles and Sea Eagles Assassins. So he's got two in the top. 15. Filthy cheats. Exactly. Melbourne Storm of Supercoach. Yeah, and now, I guess the head-to-heads, we won't go too much into the head-to-heads at this early stage because uh, the teams haven't had a chance to settle into their, their positions yet. I mean, we've got a lot of undefeated teams. Um, in fact, in the first This Week in League competition, the first the top seven are all 2-0. and So that means it's pretty much most teams losing all their games and the other half of the teams winning. Half, and then we've got some guys in the middle. So I'm... Uh, what I, I'm... I think I'm second or third in every competition. Um, and yeah, shout out to uh, what Millsy's Mongrel, Seagull Assassins, the Hitmen. That's Cage's team. All leading at the moment. But at the moment, it's only for and against because everyone's kind of got the same amount of wins. So, yeah, we'll see how that progresses. Shop. We still have some stock of the Revelation shirt, hats, stubby coolers. So hit up this week in league.com forward slash shop because as we've said since the start of the season, it's clearance mode. Uh, limited stock of the Revelation shirts are left and we want to get rid of them. So we're getting them out there at half price. So if you also, if you spend over $50, we'll throw in a stubby cooler for free. Uh, so we can do like, you know, rally towers, tigers in decline, stuff like that. And actually, um, we're talking off air about the um, that brand Americana MMA. What they do is actually very clever. They'll design the shirt and say, "Here's the next shirt. Costs twenty two dollars, but it's you know it's pre order." And yep. I reckon they wait until they just get enough orders, and that's when they put them into production. So we may as well yeah. we might just do some designs and just, you know do the pre order thing, and uh, hopefully you know people will get on to the point that I reckon don't... we'll be actioning some new shirts next week. 
Wow. Big That's call. my prediction. Awesome. Okay, now, finally, before we go, we had the competition, the, the Game of Thrones, you know, sigil competition where people could go to the uh, Join the Realm site provided by HBO and make some rugby league-themed ones. We had a gigantic response, you know, over probably 60 by the time. We're still getting them in through, you know, time to time as well. It's fantastic. Uh, we had a top nine that we put up for vote on Facebook and Twitter where you had to favourite it on Twitter and you had to uh, like it on Facebook if you wanted to win. And we have a winner. Shall we, Who is that winner, Nathan? Should we do the drum roll thing and like go from least votes to the, to the most votes? Or no, should we just give, just the give me the winner? The winner that ultimately ended up winning by approximately six votes. There was It was neck and neck for the top two. And the winner with six votes more than second place was How Soured, created by at Make Me A Sandwich. That was pretty good. So Make Me A Sandwich, you have won yourself. A snapback free of charge from courtesy of Southeast Snackbacks. And we need to actually sort out some stuff for ourselves too because he, I mean you can get an NRL one or get on the get on the Facebook page and have a look at the stock coming in because um he's got he's got like, you know, all sorts of shit. Like uh NBA stuff, you know, design yeah, design a, good like, NBA hats. Designer label stuff. Um there's so much cool looking shit. I mean, and, and you can pretty much get what you you want as well. So uh you basically need to decide. Tell us what you want. And we'll uh, arrange it with Joel, and uh, and also make me a sandwich. Email us, get on the website. I think it's uh, the email address is hello at thisweekinleague.com. Send us an email, or send us a private message on Twitter with your address. We'll pass those along to Joel at Southeast Snapbacks, and uh, we'll sort out your prize. And um, congratulations, guess, yeah. And guess uh, tell us, yeah, you know, tell us which team you know you want the hat to be of, and you know that kind of thing as well. So, yeah. Congratulations! Uh, thanks very much. I mean, you've sent in a number of a number of uh, entries as well. I mean, before we even called it a competition, that's the best thing about it. I think because it wasn't just even jumped on it. it identified yeah. Game of Thrones love and fired them through. Yeah, and well, it, it wasn't a competition until we saw how much love we got to. So everyone who submitted them, you know, thanks very much for doing it. Um, it was it was a lot of fun over that weekend and you know the the week or so you know since then. So uh, thanks very much, and you know, hopefully we can find some some other shit like that to do in the future because it was a real spontaneous thing. that was a uh, Great fun, and uh, yeah, congratulations, Samage. Um, you've been a great tweeter, and you know you did a great job on those uh, on those uh, Game of Thrones things as well. So, well deserved victory. And that when you is... get your hat, make sure you send a photo of it uh, to the This Week in League account. Exactly, and that's all we got time for this week. See you next week. See ya.